When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show, our preview episode for Sunday's game against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, I'm excited to get out to Chicago. It'll be my first time there. But this is a big game. There, there's some news to, to cover before we get into it. Uh, the All-Pro teams came out today. Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox are the only ones to make it. Looks like Zach Ertz narrowly missed. He, he had like 10 votes or something. He was a snub. I think he qualifies as a snub. He broke he broke the record for receptions. Uh, Lane Johnson didn't make it. Um, Brandon Brooks and I, you can make a case that Malcolm Jenkins should have been on it. the 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 biggest snub I think is Ertz. But I mean, what what was your what was your initial takeaway when you when you saw the selections? Well, I, I think Ertz. I can understand why Ertz didn't yeah. make it, just because he's who, not really who a beat mul- him. Yeah, yeah, he's not really a multiverse tight end. He's gotten better as a blocker. He's not that, but he's not that good. Uh, George Kittle and. Uh, uh, Travis Kelsey both had really good seasons. They they both they both broke the receiving yards yeah, record. But so I, mean, I still thought Ertz had better numbers than uh, Kittle, yeah. and he was more important, I think, to the Eagles than like maybe those guys are to their offenses. But yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. I just think for what they did, I think yardage always outweighs yeah. receptions. Plus, they're both pretty decent blockers. All, all three of them are all pro talents is the reality. Right. You know, it's there's only a limited amount of, of guys that get in. I was really shocked that Brandon Brooks didn't get in. That was like my biggest beef with the, the list. You know, he's only allowed one sack in two seasons and the last and the sack came on the last week of the season. Uh, I think he's been the best right guard in football for the last two years. So that was a little surprising. Lane Johnson, I understand the, the frustration. Started off slow for him, but he was yeah. he over the last 10 weeks he's been I, I think part of it is a lack of perspective of what he was going through and yeah. the injuries. Um, and then Malcolm Jenkins, I, I think he had a better year than Harrison Smith, period. And, and, so, and I think there are other safeties that did too. So not necessarily – like Malcolm, I – because if, if you look purely at numbers, Malcolm doesn't necessarily put up the numbers that like you look for normally in an all-pro guy. But as we've, we've raved about him on this show. He's he's an all-pro player. Uh, I mean, Johnson won the – also a thing you have to consider, it's split up left tackle, right tackle, and the guys ahead of him are like Mitchell Schwartz and Ryan uh, Ramchek, I think is how you say his name, from the Saints. Like Those those guys are both those very, are both very, very good. Like Mitchell Schwartz especially deserved it this year. Right. So it, it, it's hard to get in. There's only two slots. I don't know if they, there's a way to like fix the voting and just where you have the best 11 guys on both sides of the, or something. I don't know, but there are guys every year. That, and it, it People act like, why does this matter? But it matters when it comes like down the line and these are guys that are like on the edge of the Hall of Fame or something. Like This is part of their resume. That's why like the Pro Bowl stuff matters, and that's why the All Pro stuff matters. If it's a guy like Jason Kelsey, who he has two All Pros, which kind of makes up for the fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl the last two years, but it's still ridiculous that he didn't. Well, also it ties into financial benefits. Yeah, because true. A lot of contracts have the stipulation, the stipulation that if you make yeah. an all, all All Pro, you know, you get a nice bonus. I think for these guys, winning a Super Bowl obviously means way more. Having a long playoff run means more. Um, and again, I mean, I think there are issues with the Pro Bowl ballot. I think there are issues with the AP ballot. Both of them kind of do things that 
other people complain about the other for having. You, you, yeah. you brought up having a right tackle designated. Well, that's not something that the Pro Bowl does. They have three left tackles in there this year. They typically do. You look at the pass rusher thing, yeah. Pro Bowl – it's hard for a four three linebacker to make the Pro Bowl because these pass rushers are getting up all fifteen these sacks, yeah. right? So uh, Darius Leonard making it. There was a lot of rookies that, really, that made that was pretty, it. That was pretty cool. That you the look at made uh, it. you look at the Colts and how well they've played uh, Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. Both Two rookies made, on yeah. the first team All Pro, like that's yeah. wild. That, I mean, I mean you know, they were really good, but yeah. So I think it shows you where the league's going, and I think the league is going in a really cool direction where you're seeing a lot of young guys step up a lot earlier than than previous, you know, draft classes. And this yeah, draft this, class, this, was this special. rookie class is really good. Right. You look at the impact guys around the league. I mean, you have Derwin James and all those quarterbacks that are killing it right now. Like uh, Bradley Chubb had double digit sacks. Like I can't. There's probably rookie classes that are comparable, but this is one of the better ones I can remember. Yeah, I mean, this is up there for sure. And I think, you know, the NFL is getting an influx of talent that it really needs because for a couple of years, it just seemed like three teams ruled, you know, the roost, like pretty much. Like they just, this was all about the Patriots, the Steelers, and, and you know, Green Bay and some of those guys. Now it seems like there's a little bit more parity because of how well some of these young rookies are coming in, like Baker Mayfield, and having very good rookie seasons. Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I think that's very interesting. It's it's a shame that, that Jenkins and Brooks and, and Johnson in particular got snubbed. But, you know, it, it says a lot that Kelsey was voted in. He battled the knee injury throughout most of the season. A lot of people didn't know how bad the knee injury was, and he has played a really he's had a really good season. And Fletcher Cox, in a career year, makes his first first team All Pro. I think that's pretty special. Yeah, we won't dwell on that too much. That's that's about the past in reality because it's about the season. Uh, we're here to talk about the playoff game, Eagles versus Bears. Um, I've gone back and forth about how I feel about this game, but I think the Eagles can go into it feeling good. It's like we've said, it's going to be a really tough road matchup. Uh, the conditions aren't going to be as bad as like you would expect in Chicago in January. It'll be 40. It'll probably be windy because that's Chicago. I think that's why they call it the Windy City, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it'll be a road game. I mean, they're going against a team that doesn't have that much playoff experience. Matt Nagy first for sure. Like, there's a lot of the points we've we've talked about. But uh, I don't know. I, I, you get the vibe around the Eagles that th- they're pretty confident in their ability to go into Chicago and win. Yeah, I share that confidence. I think this is a team that is playing its best football. They have a reason to be a little cocky. They just shut out their uh, division rival, no matter who was playing quarterback for them. And I think the Eagles overall have just kind of gravitated towards this underdog mentality again because, they, quite frankly, they have to. They play their best when their backs are against the wall. This is going to be a much harder task than last year's playoff run. And, you know, you're playing a rookie quarterback with, a real, with a, an inconsistent kicker and you've got a great red zone defense, that could that could really kind of change things. The Bears' defense is very good, but when you look at how the Eagles have been able to shut some teams down in the red zone, um, I, I think the Eagles have a decent advantage in that aspect because Cody Parkey, former Eagles kicker, has been so inconsistent for the Bears. And, you know, Chicago's not a great place to kick either. So if this game comes down to a bunch of field goals, I think – the Eagles have to feel a lot better about Jake Elliott than the Bears do about Cody Parkey. I also think if the Eagles can make some big splash plays here and there, that can lead to big points. I don't expect this game to be very high scoring. Um, and, and, and I think that plays into what the Eagles do. I don't think the Eagles are a team that is going to 
you know, absent the Washington game, blow teams out. I think it's going to be a struggle, and I think this defense is up for that challenge. You know, we both wrote similar stories this week where we went through each position and compared how the Eagles stacked up the Bears. I kind of want to do that right now. Um, we, we Let's start at, at the top. Let's start at quarterback. Uh, it's Mitchell Trubisky versus Nick Foles. Trubisky put up pretty good numbers this year. He, he definitely improved from last year. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Matt Nagy being in the Doug Peterson school of putting the quarterback in the best position to succeed. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sold in him as like a franchise guy, but he's gotten the job done, though he did struggle a little bit at the end of the year. Uh, that's a whole build-up to say. I, I think it's pretty clear that Nick Foles, at this point, like just based on what we've seen the last few weeks, he has the edge there. Yeah, I would agree. I think Nick is has experience in clutch situations. I think he's a guy that is pretty dynamic when it comes to getting the ball out quickly, evading the rush and you know he's a guy that's really really smart I think he showed that the last few weeks the audible uh on the 48 yard pass to Nelson Aguilar he has a really good feel for the game a real understanding of the game and he's playing well without the RPOs they've been been able to expand his game and I think he's a guy I would trust in a clutch situation as opposed to a, a rookie in Trubisky who has improved quite tremendously but is still relatively inconsistent I think we find out what kind of quarterback Mitchell Trubisky is this weekend. Um, I feel that him and like Jared Goff, Jared Goff has had a little more success than him probably, but he struggled a lot at the end of the year. And those are two guys uh, in this playoffs. I'm kind of, you're kind of going to find out if these are guys that a team can build around or if they're just like the type that maybe they don't lose you any playoff games or something. Cause I, I'm, I'm more lean towards that with the, with those guys. Yeah, I wasn't a big Trubisky guy coming out of yeah. the draft. Uh, I kind of looked at him as the Midwest Blake Bortles. It was a joke that a few of us had. In the, uh, I mean, his big thing was his athleticism. Right, and he's running very, very well. They, he's getting out in space and, and picking up yardage, um, and Nagy has basically allowed him to do that, which I think is great, similar to how Doug Peterson treats Carson Wentz. The issue with him is I feel like he takes a lot of risks at times, and they don't pay off. That can stall drives, and so... Uh, I think if you've got a lot of pressure in his face, Michael Bennett, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, I mean, the three of them have been forcing unreal pressure over the last month. And so, given the weight of this game, I mean, it's going to be all on him. Yeah, I I think um, as long as Nick Foles just does his job, at least, even if he's not like Superman Nick Foles, it, it'll come down to whether they force some turnovers on Trubisky if they can contain him and be be able to focus their attention more on the running backs, which we can lead into right now. Um, I think it, this is another one that's probably more obvious than the quarterback position that the Bears have the advantage here. I mean, Jordan Howard uh, is a really good running back. He's a strong, powerful runner, and the combination of him and Tariq Cohen is, like, that's what you look for in, like, a Thunder and Lightning-type running back duo. We've talked a lot about how the Eagles need running backs. Like, they need to build a running back backfield. That's, like, guys with different skill sets. And these two guys, are they complement her so perfectly, and it's really hard to defend them, especially Tariq, who can line up all of the field. He's a great returner as well. Uh, he's a really good receiver. He's small, but he's, he's, gonna, he's, like, the biggest concern I would have in terms of the Bears' offense going into this game. Yeah, outside of Khalil Mack, Tariq Cohen's been the name that you've heard most in, in Philadelphia. He is a concern. He does have some Brian Westbrook to him, some Darren Sproles to him. He can get out in space and make big plays. I think, as you mentioned with Jordan Howard, what Jordan Howard has done to expand on his game as a receiver with Nagy in town 
has been really, really great for them because you're you're not keying in on just him running the football. Like with Josh Adams, like you've talked about. Yeah. Correct. Um, and I think the way Nagy uses both, it's a it's a okay, cool. So you have really good safeties who who can go and run after the ball. Cool. So we're going to avoid the running game and we're going to pass it. If you guys have the box set up where it's it, you know we're going to have some running lanes out on the outside. We'll, we'll go outside. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's a, it, they can attack you in any way possible because of how well these two complement each other. They can play together too, just based on their skill sets. Um, <clears throat> and funny thing is, you know, I tweeted yesterday that Donald Pumphrey is pretending to be uh Tariq Cohen in practice. And the, the universal reaction was, why can't he just be Tariq Cohen? <laughs> like, it, it's kind of like, there's some irony in there somewhere about how the Eagles, traded up in the fourth round to get Donald Pumphrey when if they traded up a little bit higher they could have got someone like Tariq Cohen or the year before that Jordan Howard was picked I think a few picks before Wendell Smallwood like the those are two drafts where the Eagles could have their running back right now and they just they failed I mean we've criticized them for that plenty but the, the fact that Donald Pumphrey's a practice squad running back who was passed over for Boston Scott who is pretending to be a player that was picked not long before him is it's kind of a sad state of affairs you got you almost feel bad for the kid he's a good kid I like Donnell as like a as a guy. He just didn't work out. <laughs> um, wide receivers. Uh, this one's a little more close. Uh, I, I know you're pretty high on the Bears group. I, I'm more high on their potential than what they are right now necessarily. Uh, they have Allen Robinson. He's a solid veteran. He's coming off injury from last year. He had a pretty good year, around the same numbers as Alshon Jeffrey actually. Um, Taylor Gabriel, really good deep threat. Probably better than any deep threat the Eagles have. I'm really high on Anthony Miller's potential going forward. I, I think he might be injured. I'm not. Sure, what his status is for Sunday, but he's a really talented guy. Uh, I, I I just think the Eagles' receivers at their best are better than the Bears' receivers at their best, and that Alshon Jeffrey right now is playing at his best. To me, it's a push. I mean, I think Allen Robinson is a really dynamic talent in in a way that I think Alshon Jeffrey and Allen Robinson cancel each other out. Where I where I kind of lean towards the Bears is Anthony Miller was my favorite wide receiver in the draft. It wasn't even close. Where do you go, Memphis? Uh, yes, and he could catch literally everything. Um, you know, I look at the wide receiver room for the Eagles as Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, huge drop off, Golden Tate, um, Jordan Matthews, Mike Wallace. With the Bears, I see. Uh, uh, Allen Robinson way up top. Then you've got uh, Anthony Miller. And Tabor, Taylor Gabriel is a guy that I really thought the Jaguars should have targeted in this offseason when I was covering I mean, them. The Eagles could have used a guy like that this yeah, year. Correct. He is a guy that's developed so much since he first got in the league with Cleveland, went to Atlanta, developed his route running ability, has become such a consistent player for this team. I, I just I think it's a push because I do think Aguilar and Jeffrey are better than uh, – Allen Robinson and whoever the two of them you want to put in there. But when you go to the three-man group, that can be very troublesome, especially when you consider how Nagy uses every single weapon he has. I mean, if the Golden Tate trade had worked out, then the Eagles would probably almost have the clear edge because if he's the player that you traded for, um, then then that looks a little better. There actually was a story that came out today about the trade negotiations with the Lions and how they were the Lions were dead set on not trading him. And then the Eagles just kept bumping up their their offer the morning of the trade deadline, which in retrospect just makes it seem even a little worse somehow. But because they were so desperately trying to trade for Golden Tate, but I mean we've talked a lot about how that trade was a failure. But yeah, and I, I want to make this clear: when we're criticizing, when we're grading the trade, 
we're grading the trade, not the player. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. I think he's a good player. He's still. a good player. I think the issue for him is his fit in the offense, the idea of how he was going to fit in the offense, and then what you got out of the entire thing. Because remember, that's play calling, that's roster substitutions, that's a rotation, that's how how has he been able to handle things on the fly? Doesn't mean he's not a good player. The trade is just an epic failure as of right now. That said, if he comes out and has 102 yards then it was and, worth a, it. and a touchdown and they beat the Bears, that's a that 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 is worth it. And then you grade it up to a C. If he comes out against New Orleans and blows the door off the place, then how he can come in here and say, hey, told hey, you. Told you so. <laughs> because they did trade for him to get to the playoffs and to make moves in the playoffs. And they were able to get into the playoffs in spite of his his you know addition but if he can make moves in the playoffs there you go i mean he's i think there's only uh he he's played nine playoff games and the only guys that have played the same amount or more are michael bennett uh lodi nada and i think there might have been one other player that i mean that so i mean there's value there i mean the this this is an organization that has experience after winning the super bowl but i mean in theory, he's going to be ready for the moment at the very least. Uh, tight end, this isn't going to be a very long conversation. The Bears have a familiar face in Trey Burton, but I think it says a lot about um, the state of these two position groups that Trey Burton will probably still be the number three tight end in the Eagles right now. Uh, Dallas Goddard's been, we're both huge fans of him. Zach Ertz, snub for all pro. Trey Burton's fine, probably maybe a little overpaid relative to production, but Eagles edge. He's developed, Trey Burton has developed actually into a very good starting tight end. Again, as you said, the the numbers probably don't back the the pay, but very few players or you know who get a second contract, a big second contract, play up to the standard because teams overpay. That said, Zach Ertz, top three tight end, as we kind of mentioned earlier in in the the show, Dallas Goddard has more than made up for Trey Burton. Like I think he is way more talented, and so you go from that, and the Bears have Trey Burton. Cool. All right, moving on. Next one. <laughs> Offensive line. This one's actually interesting because the Bears' offensive line has been good from start to finish of the year. They've given up, I think they're in the top 10, the fewest sacks given up. Um, across. They just got Kyle Long back a couple weeks ago, which is really big for them. Um, I just, the Eagles' offensive line at their best is maybe the best in the NFL. I'm a little concerned about the left side of the line this year, especially this week. We don't know if it's, it's probably going to be Isaac Sayamalo as long as he gets through this week of practice at left guard. Jason Peters, we've talked about, he doesn't make it through games a lot of the time, and if he's not making it through this game, that means a, a big V is, is starting. But the right side is just so good. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. Uh, I think I had it as a push, but that right side has me feeling pretty good going into this game. Yeah, I would take the Eagles' offensive line by a hair. Um, I did get a lot of people that said, "Hey, I think it's a push," uh, but when you consider the, like the level that they've played at the last six games, I think this offensive line's back to being one of the best offensive lines in football. I was just on a Chicago Bears podcast the other day, and they were saying the thing that stood out to us watching tape was how great this offensive line was. And I, I look, Jason Kelsey's having an incredible year. Brandon Brooks is playing awesome. Lane Johnson's finally healthy. Jason Peters is healthy when you need him sometimes. And I think he's yeah, I think he's going to get up for this this playoff run because he missed out on the last one. And look, 
I get the debate with Wisniewski and Sayamalu. I said this on Twitter. I think Sayamalu is much better for the run. He's also a guy that you have to figure out if he's a long-term piece, so you should put him out there in a pressure, pressure situation. And, you know, if he's not playing well, you put in Wisniewski. I mean, it is what it is. You don't have an option if Wisniewski's not playing well because you've already benched Sayamalu and you've heard his feelings or whatever you want to say. <laughs> That's the thing, is you have the option of putting Wisniewski in there. You don't have the option, really, of putting Sam Alu in there if you're starting Wisniewski over him, in my opinion. Yeah. That's smart player management and personality management, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, Sam Alu is more likely to be their starting left guard next season than Steven, Stefan Wisniewski is, I would say. I, I'd actually be minorly surprised if he was even on the team next year. He doesn't seem to be very happy based on the way his role has been shuffled in and out. Uh, and he has some value, I think, on the trade market. Maybe a fifth-round pick, I don't know. But he's a guy, or sixth or something. I don't, he's a guy that can play center guard. So he has a lot of starting experience. And the, I mean, the Eagles got fifth-round pick for like Matt Tobin a few years ago. So uh, that, that t- offensive line are in short supply around the league with experience. Anyway, um, sw- flipping over, we can't really do straight-up defensive line, the defensive line, because they run a 3-4. Uh, but let's do edge rushers, pass rushers, comparing those. Um I mean, the Bears have the best of the best in the NFL in Khalil Mack, which I think almost immediately gives them the edge. They have a couple other talented guys, Leonard Floyd. Um, they have another another pretty good pass rusher, too. And But, the, I mean, the Eagles, this is one of the few teams that the Eagles maybe don't have the edge in this regard because Michael Bennett has played at a Pro Bowl level this year. He's nine sacks. Brandon Graham had 70 pressures. Chris Long has had his most sacks since, like, 2014. But... I mean, Cleo Mack is the story of this game for the Eagles offense. If they don't contain him, they're not going to win this game. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think it is as simple as that. Um, and I think, too, I think this offensive line is healthy enough to deal with him now. You know, you look at what they did with J.J. Watt. You look at what they did with, with um, Ryan Kerrigan. You look at what they did with uh, Donald. Donald. I mean, they can handle big league pass rushers no matter where they're coming from. And so, uh, even Dante Fowler, for instance. But, but again, I, yeah, this pass rush uh, that the Bears have is special. I mean, Mac is the guy that serves the drink. I think Floyd's a really good player. Um, and, you know, the Eagles have got a bunch of old guys. But when you go into the inside, uh, I think that's where you find where the Eagles kind of have the dominance. Yeah, I mean, you have Fletcher Cox, who, as we've as we said earlier this week, is the second-best defensive tackle in the NFL. Um, he'd be the best in most other years. Like, if you go back in time and you put him in a season, he'd probably be the best one. Haloti Nada's played a lot better recently. Um, we're both fans of Trayvon Hester. Timmy Jernigan adds, has helped. You know, he's not the same player, maybe. But and the Bears have a couple of really good guys. I mean, Akeem Hicks is really good. He's going to be going against Brandon Brooks, it sounds like. Um, I think he has eight sacks this year. He's a pretty good pass rusher. He's talented. They have a couple other guys. I'm blanking. Eddie on their Goldman's names right now. Yeah, a pretty Eddie good Goldman's pretty tackle. good. And they have another guy who plays like defensive end in quotes, whatever however you qualify that in the three four defense. Um linebackers, I mean Roquan Smith is is really, really good. And he's he's another one of those rookies. We didn't mention him earlier. Danny Trevathan is also really good. Both those guys make plays more than the Eagles linebackers do. Like that if you just look at the numbers, if you've watched them on film, they're better players. But the, the Eagles linebackers are good within the system. So it's not like they don't have value, but I think the Bears have the edge there. Yeah, it's not close. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> uh, cornerbacks, um, we're both high in the way the cornerbacks have been playing recently for the Eagles, but Kyle Fuller has been unreal this season. Uh, 
I think he made an all pro team. I'm pretty sure. I didn't. Well, he had, uh, he led, I mean, he had seven, seven, seven interceptions, like yeah. 22 pass deflections. Yeah. He had a great, year. uh, their other cor- uh, Prince of Mucamara's had a good year. Bryce Callahan's been pretty good. Um, they clearly have the edge though. You, you can be optimistic about the future of the Eagles secondary. I think with, uh, the way, you know, Craven LeBlanc has played where Razul Douglas has played the best games of his career recently. Avante Maddox. We've talked about plenty on this podcast. And then you have Jalen Mills coming back, but the Bears cornerbacks might be the best group of corners in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, that lends itself to the safety play because they have the best safety duo in the league, in my opinion. They have Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson's dealing with an injury. He practiced on Thursday, so if he's able to play, he's missed a couple of weeks. That would be a big deal. He's uh, produced six interceptions this season. He's a guy that can attack the ball in the air, and I think Nick Foles is going to have to really pick his spots with when he launches balls downfield. He it, this is a really special secondary right now and I think they you know the pass rush gets a lot of credit but this secondary is very 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 good. So do you have I forget did you have the Bears safe safety? I, I do. Well because Corey Graham is Well, yeah, Corey Graham and also you look at the the depth that they have um Deion Lewis can I mean sorry, Deion Bush is a really good backup safety as well. Uh, Houston Carson, I believe is his last name. He's had a pretty good season as well as a special teams player. I just think when you look at the depth, that's where it kind of lies. And then obviously free safety, Corey Graham being compared to Eddie Jackson is, I mean, that's like comparing, you know, Big Chew to, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, whatever the best gum is, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, again, I, I think this is a very good secondary, and it's going to be challenging to make big plays against them. Uh, kicker, punter, returners. Kick, we can go through this real quick. Um, Jake, Jake, Jake Elliott's better than better. Cody Parkey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody in Philadelphia knows that. Uh, um, Cameron Johnson's better than Pat O'Donnell. Yeah, and, and you know, Rick Lovato has a better smile than, <laughs> I don't know who, than the other guy is. But, uh, <laughs> Insert long snapper name. So what I'll say is, like, people are going to, like, just – immediately go whatever the specialist whatever it's a big deal in chicago it is in in the winter because you're going to be dealing with wind soldier field is known for kind of vacuuming the wind in that field and it can be very tough to kick uh very tough to punt johnson's got a big leg elliot's got a big leg that's where this could could really make the difference Cody Parkey's been extremely inconsistent. Pat O'Donnell's played there for several years, but he's kind of an average punter. It'll be interesting to see what this game kind of manifests from the specialists. Uh, in terms of returners, they have Tariq Cohen doing punt returns, so they win that. Uh, Darren Sproles hasn't looked quite the same in terms of punt returns as he has in the past. He's been great as a running back. Uh, kick return Boston Scott's been a whole lot of nothing. Um, they, they use like a few guys. Anthony Miller's one of them. So they have the edge there. I think that final tally is basically even. <laughs> right. And so then you would look at coaching. Um, they're pretty – I mean, Nagy, Nagy, however you say it, uh, I think it's Nagy. I mean, he's, he's on the rise, and he's he might catch Peterson one day. But I think right now you have to be – you have to give Doug Peterson the edge in terms of coaching. Well, I think when you look at Peterson's ability to trust his players, his understanding of his players being that he's coached most of them for three years – I think his ability to switch things up based on his quarterback. I also think Jim Schwartz is a better defensive coordinator than Vic Fangio. Fangio. So I, I think overall this is a a minor win for the Eagles. All right. So well, what's your what's your score? What do you got? 
I got it 19 to 17. So what I think what I think actually happens here is the first half, the Eagles come out firing. They score a touchdown. Then the Bears score a touchdown. And then the Eagles score a touchdown, but Cody Parkey misses a PAT. Bears come back, score another Predicting touchdown. Predicting a PAT, I love yeah, that. Yeah, score, scoring, uh, scoring at the half is 14-13. The Eagles won the toss, so they deferred. They get the ball back. <laughs> wow, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, they get the ball back. Um, uh, Nick Foles leads a, an opening drive, leads to a field goal. Then it becomes kind of a, an arms race of, of defensive prowess. And you, then you see uh, homeboy... Cody Parkey nail a field goal. So it's 17 to 16 heading into late in the f- fourth quarter. I think Elliott makes field goal at the end. And How long a field goal you're getting so specific? What I'm going to I'm gonna go with a 47-yard. 47? That's a pretty good distance. Boom. Not, you, not easy like with that? the wind. You, you, you listen to this podcast, you didn't realize you were going to get a is, story is he out of it. Is he kicking against yeah. the wind or into it? I'm hoping he's kicking against it because oh, make it even more make badass. It, make yeah. it, because then it will be known as the Elliott game because he's coming home. He's had enough of those, yeah. They'll call it the homecoming game. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I have it also being a close game. I have it as 24-21, to 21, Eagles winning. I think if the Eagles fall behind early, I think they're going to lose. I don't think the Bears defense is a type that is going to give up a lead if they get one. So that first drive, they need Nick Foles to come out and lead a scoring drive in the first drive, and they need that defense to hopefully stop them from scoring a touchdown. And I, I think we're going to find out pretty early how the game's going to go. It'll be close, but I have the Eagles going 24-21. Um, I, I think that's a good point to end on. Uh, we're we're going to head out to – we're both flying out to Chicago this weekend. I'm excited to check out the Windy City. If you guys are out there, give us a holler. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe, and we'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>